Hola amigos and welcome to Creative Inc. Willie and Kathy podcast. It is Monday, November 29th, 2021. We got Cassie. Cassie, hey. Oh, hello, hello. Here from Florida. You're in Texas, right, that Willie? Yes, New Braunfels, Texas. It's nice and chilly outside. It's cold. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're a little chilly here too, but it's going to warm up. Here you go, yes. Uh-huh. So we got our special guest with us. Do you want to introduce her to us? Sure do. Uh, Her name is Cynthia Lucas, um, uh, entertainer here in uh, the Indian Rocks Beach area here in Florida. Our listeners, if you're uh, if you've ever been here, uh, great uh, great entertainer. But today we're going to be talking about a little known fact that she's a um, an author. So. here is Cynthia, and she's going to tell us more about herself, and uh, away we go. Good, Good morning. morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning from Florida here, too. Uh, <laughs> we live in the same area as our girl Cassie here, so, um, and we are not freezing down here, by the way. The weather is absolutely beautiful today, um, so be jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm jealous right now. And I am so thrilled to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And um, hello to everybody that's out there listening or tuning in now or who will be later on listening to the podcast at a later (laughs) time. Um, For those of you that don't know me, um, my name, of course, is Cynthia Lucas, and I am an author of seven full-length novels. I have published them all on Amazon and on various other platforms. My main platform is Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I write historical, well, not really historical, but time travel and paranormal romance. And I have recently branched out into writing some more uh, fun contemporary rock star romance. Wow. Now, is there a special link on Amazon that we would go to, or how does that work? Basically, what you could do is if you want to do a search on me on Amazon, you would do Cynthia Lucas Author. And if you do that, my author page, my full author page on Amazon will come up, and there's a listing there of all of my books that are currently released and available. Oh. Uh, Yeah, it has like a full bio, tells you, you know, all author pages on Amazon are like that. They'll tell you a short biography of the author. They give you a little information about where you're from, just whatever you want to have up there about yourself. And then there's a full listing of all your books uh, with links where you can click on them to either pick them up in paperback or Kindle or whatever formats are available. Um, and you, if you're like a Kindle Unlimited member, Member, I think you can also, you know, take advantage of that as well. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Thank you for educating me and what other fans out there uh, need to know that. Um, I understand. Uh, tell us how it all came about. <laughs> how you got into writing and novels, and let us let us know. Okay, so um, years ago, like many years ago we won't disclose how many years ago <laughs> let's just say i've turned 25 a couple of times <laughs> we 
won't discuss that part of it, but um, I became a fan of reading romance when I was in my 20s, after my daughter was born. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. We had moved out of the state of Florida, and we were living in Virginia, and I was staying home at the time, taking care of the baby. My husband had gotten a new job at his brother's company, and I just started, you know, one day I saw a couple of romance novels on the shelf, and I picked one up, and I loved it. And um, I started reading them. I became a collector and a fan of the genre. And from that point, um, I just kept reading them. I had like bookshelves and bookshelves full full of these (laughs) books. And I I started to realize that being a songwriter and a musician, I love to tell stories. And I thought, you know, it would be interesting to see how would things play out if I wrote one of these books. What would I do with it? So I just started working on a manuscript one day, and um, it took me a few years to write it because I just kind of took my time. I took breaks from it, and then I took, you know, my time to research stuff because it was a time travel book, and I needed to, you know, do some research. I realized I can't write this if I don't know, you know, my history of this area, you know, where this story is taking place. So I just kind of took my time, and then I um, I released the book. It took me a little while, but I got it out there. And from there, I just realized I, I loved writing as a secondary career and a hobby, and I started doing it. <laughs> oh, and now how long ago was this? I originally released a version of my very first novel, When Lightning Strikes, back in the 2000s. And then around 2010, I decided to update the book. I updated the book because it needed to be more current. It needed a new cover. It needed to be more current. It needed some things that I felt could have used cleanup in there. Because I said, I know I, I'm a better writer than this. I'm, I've practiced. I'm better than now. Mm-hmm. So I took the book down. And I it, at that point, it wasn't available on Amazon or CreateSpace or any of those platforms because they didn't exist um, when it first came out. Um, and then later, those became self-publishing options. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. So cool. I created a better second edition of the book, and I re-released it, and I put it on Amazon. And it took a little while, but the book actually went to number one in time travel romance. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Congratulations. It did. Yes, for sure. It, this was in 20. 20- 2011 2012 I think I released it right around the end of 2010 um, and it took a couple years of being there you know just constant you know advertising and whatever and I totally self-published it I didn't have a publisher I didn't have an advertising agent and I had nothing and um, at the time self-publishing was becoming fairly new um, through Amazon's create space and I just got it out there, and I kept pushing, plugging away at it, you know, advertising it. And one day I woke up, and I had been watching the statistics on the book. When it hit the top 100, I was really excited, and I kept watching it climb. And when it finally reached the top 10, I didn't think there was a shot in hell that it could ever go any higher than that because Diana Gabaldon's um, books um, – you know, her series on stars now, um, Outlander. The Outlander books were at that time 
had been kind of ruling the top 10. And at that time, I don't know what happened, but hers started to drop down. And I woke up one day and When Lightning Strikes was number one in time travel romance on Amazon. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really huge day for an author when something like that happens. You just like, you jumping, oh, my you God. Around? Were you jumping around? <laughs> I was, literally. I woke up and I, I like showed my husband I'm like you're not gonna believe this <laughs> and I was like ah you know and I was I was dancing around the house I was very excited I bet I bet so um now you said about lightning strikes uh that'll, that'll be my next question uh you got is it Jay Tavari is that how you pronounce Jay it Tavaray. Um, Tavaray Tavaray okay Jay Tavaray um is on the cover of that book Um, when I started, when I first released that book, there's a really great story around. This is probably one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me as an author, to tell you the truth. So sharing this story is really fun. Um, and I will try not to bore anybody by being too windy with it. But um, uh, when I first released When Lightning Strikes, I was just selling books, you know, out of the back of my car or whatever to my friends, you know, hey, buy my book. And it basically had a picture of a tree with a lightning bolt on it. And I had gone on to release a few more books after that. By the time it reached number one, I had re released a couple more books. And the whole time I had started putting, you know, male models on the covers of these books because, you know, it's part of a sales thing that, you know, what's the very first thing that catches the eye of a reader? It's what's on the cover of a book. I mean, I think you would agree with that. We all know yes. that. Yes. The imagery is the first thing that catches your eye and sells a book because you don't know what's in there. Right. So I had already released two other books that both of them had guys on the cover and I had never put a model on the cover of When Lightning Strikes. And it was because I had seen some pictures of Jay Tavaray And I kind of envisioned, I said, you know what, if I were to envision what my lead man, Dominic de Barbaron, looked like, it would be that. But how am I going to get him on my cover? He's an actor, you know, he played Vega in Street Fighter. He's been in Cold Mountain. He's been in The Missing with Tommy Lee Jones. And he was in Steven Spielberg's, How you know, um, How the West was won. And I'm like, how am I supposed, or rather, in, Into the West, how am I supposed to get this guy on the cover of my book. I'm going to tell him, you know, hey, I sold 10 copies to my friends. <laughs> But as it turns out, I, I reached out and I messaged his street team and his people and I tried and I got, you know, I got no response. And I tried a second time and nothing happened. And then one day I decided to write him a letter, a personal letter on Facebook messaging and I messaged Jay directly. I told him about the story and I told him about my book and I told him what a fan I was and that I had never put anybody on the cover of that book because I wanted him and I said just how much would it cost me just go ahead and hit me I know it's something I can't afford but I had to just see if you would you know what what you'd say and to my surprise he wrote me the nicest letter back and he told me if I would just donate money to the Native American um, foundation that he was supporting at the time that gives, you know, warm clothing, 
firewood and stoves to Native Americans living on the reservation because Jay is Native American and he's always played traditionally in movies Native American roles. He played Chief Prairie Fire in Into the West and um, he said if you will donate to that cause for me you can use this image and put it on your book for free for nothing else. What a wonderful story. I was utterly floored. Oh, such a blessing. I know. And it was not, he said he owned the image. I did a mock-up of the cover. I showed him this is what I want to make of this cover using this particular image. And um, he said, I own the rights to that image. So you're in luck. We don't have to get it, you know, we wouldn't have to get a clearance from anybody or pay a photographer or anything like that. Yeah, these are interesting points um, that you're making about, and it's it's not easy. I mean, there's so many things that you have to consider. Yeah, and when I reached out to him, I did, I asked him, you know, do you own the copyright to that image? And, you know, I had, I posed a bunch of questions, and I never expected that he would ever reply. I figured, you know, he's busy, he's an actor, he's doing all kinds of stuff, he's Mm -hmm. not going to have time for me. And he did, he wrote me back, and he was just so nice. And the rest is history. (laughs) And the rest is history. He ended up on the cover of When Lightning Strikes. And I got to tell you that my son, when he was a little boy, oh my God, when he was young, a teenager, when Street Fighter, the movie came out, Vega was the thing. So when I called my son, Luke, 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 you're not going to believe it. Vega <laughs> is on the cover of my book. He was like, I think he was oh more excited goodness. than I was. <laughs> oh God, great, great story. great story. Yeah, that was just really such a great story. Um and uh, Jay, we we do a couple times a year. I'll have exchanges with him, you know, on holidays, whatever. And he's always so very nice, so very pleasant. Um, wow! I love it when they. I love it when the um, celebrity. Well, you know, he's a celebrity when they uh, they reach out and they they help the the struggling. <laughs> so nice. Absolutely, you know, it's like look, I'm just a struggling author author here. Um, at the time that I did have, I had reached number one, so I had that statistic to tell him, you know, the book has gone to number one. Um, at this point, it's been a number one bestseller on Amazon. But I didn't reach out to you before because I was like, what am I going to do? Tell you I sold like 10 copies to my best friend, yeah. you know. But now it's been a number one, and I've always wanted you on there. You know, but I didn't know if you would ever appear on a book cover or not, because I know you haven't ever done any. And at that point, he never had. He hadn't been on any book covers. I think mine might have been the first one he ever did. Wow. Now, um, just give us a little, for the fans that haven't read the book, let's let's get a little synopsis of the When uh, Lightning Strikes. Just a little bit. Okay. So, When Lightning Strikes is a very typical, um, it's a typical time travel romance um, plot line. And the book was written 10, 11 years ago. So, you know, a lot in story writing has evolved and changed since then. But, you know, it stands the test of time. Um, Our lead character, Sarah Douglas, um, it's the night of her wedding. She's getting written getting ready to marry her best friend and um her mother comes in on the night of her wedding and gives her an old gypsy coin and tells her you know this has been in our family for countless generations and you know that we're we have gypsy heritage and she just says you know are you really sure about marrying 
David, and she says, of course, I'm sure. Why would you say all this horrible stuff, you know, before I'm about to get married? And she's just telling her daughter, you know, I think there's something more to you that maybe, you know, you're not seeing. And there might be some kind of real true love out there that you haven't given a chance. And she's like, yes, I have. I'm marrying him. So her mother tells her, just do me a favor as your mom. Just, you know, put the coin under your pillow tonight and go to sleep and just do it, you know, just for me. So she entertains the thought and she does it. She puts the coin under her pillow and then out of some magical gypsy magic, a bolt of lightning comes out of the sky and strikes her and knocks her out. And when she wakes up, she finds herself in the 1400s in France. And she is picked up and found by a band of roaming Romanies, gypsies, French-speaking <laughs> Roman Romanies, gypsies. And it is there that she meets our leading man, who's the leader of the pack, named, and his name is Dominic de Barbaron. And she hates him at first and thinks he's a narcissistic ass, and, because he is. <laughs> <laughs> And there are a traveling bunch of gypsies that, you know, there's jugglers and artisans and dancers, and they just go from town to town. And um, very quick, just one more little couple things, that Dominic is not just the typical gypsy that you think he is. He finds out that he actually is the bastard son. He knows that he's the bastard son of a, a noble. And um, there's a very bad... Uh, half-brother character and some very interesting things that happen throughout the story uh, but they have a really very interesting time travel love story there and it goes on to a sequel book that oh <laughs> which Ooh, is Quick Silver Moon there's a, there is a sequel book that um, is the story of Sarah's mother um, the one that gives her the coin and it ties together the, the mother and the daughter and everything that came before it, the origin of the coin, where it came from, and um, it very it has a very uh, amazing ending that uh, ties everything up when Sarah is born, and uh, it's it's an amazing couple couple of books. That it's actually amazing. a prequel book. Uh, Quicksilver Moon is a prequel to When Lightning Strikes, but it's better to read that the the first one as when lightning strikes and then read quicksilver moon because you understand everything in quicksilver moon better if you've already read it's kind of like the star wars books and right. movies Companion star book. wars came first and then you start seeing all the prequels that were before it but you wouldn't have understood what was going on if you hadn't seen star wars first there you go yes Good point. Good point. So, Will, are you as intrigued as I am? Oh, yes. I'm definitely going to be wanting to check that out. I love to read books, all genres, but the way you are so descriptive in the detail, it's like, yes, author to author, I'm in awe of you. I just, oh my God, I just cannot wait to read it. Oh, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I read, I always love to I read Paranormal as well. Um, you can see me on Amazon as well, w.garsleth. Um, I got my first and I paranormal will. I'm on be there. checking out your books as well. Absolutely. Well, I got a, a third question. Um, where do you get your inspiration from? You know, there. I don't actually have a solid answer for that one, other than to say that it's just kind of artistic creation. 
an ideal will come. Sometimes it's a story prompt. Um, and sometimes it's just, I'll just get this, you know, idea of how cool would this be. Um, when I wrote Smoke and Mirrors, for instance, I just had the idea that how cool will it, would it be to write a story um, that revolves around the djinn, uh, mm-hmm. which is genies. And um, this story, in, th- in that particular story, um, the plot is about a girl who is an aspiring writer. Um, and her name happens to be Shahrazad Bloom. And for those of you that know the Thousand and One Nights, the Arabian Nights, Shahrazad was the storyteller who kept herself alive by telling the king a story every single night. He was going to kill her, and he just he couldn't because every night she intrigued him telling her stories. So in this book, I named my lead character Shahrazad Bloom. And there's a whole story that kind of takes place um, about her. She's married to a very abusive lawyer husband. He is a criminal. He is physically and emotionally abusive, and it's quite uh, violent. And there is some violence in the book, and there is some very disturbing stuff in the book because he's also a serial killer. He is a very brutal person. And she has been trying for a long time to escape from him. She finally finds a way to escape from him one night when he almost murders her, when he almost kills her. And she leaves everything behind. She doesn't take anything with her except she can't take credit cards, nothing. Just paper money, whatever she saved up, and a few clothes on her back, and she just hits the road on foot because she can't leave a trace or he will find her. He's found her before and hunted her down. She ends up in a small carnival a few states over, and it is Zara that she meets the leading man of that story, and his name is Z. His real name is Azizi, and what she does not know is he's a carnival magician. Every night he's in the carnival tent putting on a magic show, and what she does not know is that he's a real-life genie who's lost his powers because he disobeyed the jinn and came through a mirror, a portal, into the human world. And the all of the debauchery and things here in the human world degraded his magic. And when he meets this girl, Shahrazad Bloom, he notices that when he's around her, his power bumps back up. And he's curious. He doesn't care about her. He just wants to know why, when I'm around this girl, does my power start bumping back up? And she has a story. She hates him at first. She doesn't trust anybody. She's still got bruises all over from her husband beating her up. But Z realizes that there's something with this girl. And when he touches her, he has he still has the power that when he touches her, he can see all the pictures of what happened to her. And he takes her in and starts protecting her. Mm-hmm. And they fall in love. And a story, a story blooms from that. And it has the most unbelievable, unexpected ending that you would ever imagine. Oh. Probably of all the books that I've ever written. And if I had to pick one of my characters that I think I, I totally love, I, I'm totally in love with him. When you're a romance writer, you have to fall in love with your leading men every time you write them. <laughs> so that you can, you know, you can be both characters from both perspectives. And he's he is just the epitome of, of this story. Is it a story of not just a love story between the two people, but of their, the richness of the 
side players in that story. Um, the, you know, supporting characters that you meet. There's a guy who's an ex-con that runs, um, he runs a, a sub stand at the carnival where he makes cheesesteaks, cheesesteak Louie. And, you know, he's got, he lives in a trailer next to Z's, a carnival trailer, and he's got a, be- a huge Betty Boop with a swimming pool, a little blow-up pool out there, and a little tiki bar. <laughs> you know, and he's just this New York, New Jersey kind of guy. And some of these characters that um, are the side players in this story are amazing. And um, I love that book. I love the story. I can go back and read my own story over and over again, and it still makes me cry. <laughs> That's when I know I wrote a good one. Yes. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, I'm going to hand you over to uh, Willie, and he has a few questions for you. Sweet. Okay, yeah. Do you already know where the story's going before you write it, or does it just unfold as you go along? I have written books in both capacity. Um, there's been some books that I have just started the book because I had an idea. And then I just let kind of let the story bubble forth and let it take me. Because it's kind of like I feel almost like I have a radio receiver inside my head. Like I'm just sharing stories that somewhere out of the universe somebody has lived. That's honestly the way I feel like some of these stories that I write. I feel like someone out there somewhere in this huge universe we live in, they lived this. Mm. And sometimes I'll just kind of let the story come to me. And then there's other times where I kind of know where the plot is going to go, and I don't necessarily write a full plot line ahead of time, but I just know where the story's going to start, I know a couple of key things that'll happen, and I know where it's going to end, and then I let it take me there. I become the characters. I don't just become, you know, the girl that's experiencing something in the story, I become the leading man. You know, people will say, well, you know, how, where do you get the ideas? Who is this based on someone? And I say no, because inside all of us are so many different personas and possible other lifetimes we've lived and all kinds of things. And when I write characters, when I write the girl, I'm her. And when I'm writing what the guy is doing, I am him. And when I'm writing a supporting character, you know, Cheesesteak Louie or, you know, the little kid that's in my book, Sundown, you know, this bold and brave little kid that Sundown just takes in under his wing and this kid changes this guy's life. I'm that kid for whatever dialogue is coming out of there. My mind is in what would that kid be saying? You know, Mm -hmm. what would that person be saying? And that's where I let it guide me, because I say to myself, where does this story need to go, and what would be happening here if I were living this as this person right now? So it kind of goes both ways. Sometimes, uh, you know, it just bubbles out, and then other times I know where it's going to go, but I like to surprise myself, too, or feel it and let the feeling of what's happening in each scene take me where this is going to go next. So, it, you know, it's both. I love that. That's beautiful. And you did touch on which of your leading men is your favorite, but do you have other favorites that you didn't mention? I, um, if I had to name number one of all time, it's probably Z, Azizi Abdel Azul from my book, 
smoke and mirrors, mm -hmm. Z. And then if I had to name a second one, I absolutely love my character, Sundown. Sundown is actually a very different book. It is a, it's a Western. It is an, a Western, but it is set in the Old West, and the leading character is a vampire. He's half vampire. So it's kind of got a little interesting twist in that one, and he's a bounty hunter. And um, he basically, the story kicks off with him hunting down a very, very bad criminal bounty. And he comes across a, a young boy who's about 12 or 13 years old that was being held hostage, captive by this group of criminals. And they had killed his parents very brutally. And this little kid is such a little wise ass. And he's just, <laughs> he's so brave and bold and everything that Sundown just realizes I got to help this kid. So he takes this kid under his wing and he's like, I'm going to find the next, you know, town to take you to you know and the kid just drives him crazy talking he just won't shut up you know this little boy yeah. driving him nuts asking him questions where are we going next what are we going to do are you going to kill me and he's like yeah i will if you don't shut up you know that kind of thing. <laughs> so they end up in this little town and um, the first place they end up when they're looking for a place to stay a room to stay is at the town whorehouse <laughs> they're at the bordello uh. and <laughs> So they were trying to get a room there, and they can't find one, and they get sent across the way to another place. They do drop in, but the madam's, the madam's niece of the whorehouse is the girl that Sundown, uh, she becomes the female character, lead character that he falls in love with. And it's a great, great story of uh, redemption and just unbelievable, and that book also has the potential for a sequel as well that I started on and it's still kind of in progress. I haven't finished it out yet, but. Oh, I love yeah. that. That sounds so good. I, I'm definitely going to be checking out the rest of those books as well. Uh, what new releases do you have coming up? I have a new release coming out um, as soon as I get it done and it's almost there. Um, it's been because sometimes I go through editing phases while I'm actually writing so that when I finish up the manuscript itself, it's in pretty decent shape that doesn't need as much edit work. Um, anyway, I have a rock star. It's a contemporary rock star romance coming out. And I have never written one of those before, so this is kind of new ground for me. And um, I'm excited about it. The way the story came about is I was sitting at um, one of the venues that my band plays one night and a couple of my friends came in, my friend Mary Zaransky. And this was um, around holiday time, I think, maybe a year ago. And she was telling me this hilarious story how when her husband was waiting to get secret clearance for a job that he had applied for, he had been waiting and waiting and waiting. So he was staying home, not working, and she was going to work every day. And she comes home one day, and Ed is in, he's got on like a little pair of dinky shorts, cutoff shorts, so it looks like he's wearing nothing. And he's got on this apron that says kitchen bitch on it and a pair of cowboy boots. And he's in the kitchen cooking in that when she comes <laughs> home. And I was like, that is freaking hilarious that, you know, Ed is her kitchen bitch. And I said, you know, that has to be the title of a book. Somewhere along the line, 
there's a title of a book with that, and I got to think of what would be the story for that, and I did. And the the um, the plot line of this one is that our heroine is an uptight corporate climber. She is a divorcee um, in her late 30s. Her husband has left her for a girl that's in her early tw- in her early 20s, you know, like half his age. And she has two children, and she's been very, very hurt by being left and what happened in the relationship. And she decides to, you know, take it upon herself that she's not relying on anybody ever again for anything. She's never falling in love. I'm not relying on anything for anybody ever again. I just had it, you know. And um, she's faced with the fact that there she has a very important corporate meeting coming up across the country that she has to be there for and her best friend from childhood is her childhood her, her kid sitter but she comes down with covid so she cannot watch the kids and she's freaking out because she doesn't know what she's going to do because there's just nobody that can keep her kids she's not going to just hire somebody to come into her house her mom lives on the other side of the country Um, Her best friend's mom that watches the kids, she's been exposed to COVID, and she doesn't really have anybody else that's available, you know, that would be able to do it. So her bestie says, you know, I know someone who can, and as it so happens, it's her twin brother, who also happens to be a rock star, and they have a whole long history together. Um, The lead character of the story, she hates him because when they were kids... They were, you know, they had a little puppy love thing. And then when he grew up and started getting muscles and looking good and joining his band, he hurt her and ignored her and treated her like crap when she tried to tell him how she felt about him and embarrassed her in front of another girl. And um, he just really humiliated her. And she decided then and there, I hate this guy. I am never speaking to this jerk again as long as I live. So, you know, a couple more years goes by. They try to make up, he invites her on the tour bus, and then he pulls the, um, you know, group sex, you know, let's get smashed and, you know, <laughs> let's burn a few and have some wild party sex on the on the bus. And she's just like, I thought we were going to talk and work some stuff out. And she's like, you are a total loser. Bye. Goodbye. You haven't changed. Mm. So, um, so when her best friend suggests that um, Slade become the kid sitter she's like no no and hell no in case you didn't hear it the first five times i said it <laughs> but as it turns out she just can't find anybody else so she finally agrees to let slate come and she's got it all planned out in her head how she's going to tell him off when he gets there she expects him to show up being the same you know butthead rock star guy that he was all those years back 15 years ago and when he shows up, she is very surprised to find that he is a completely different guy. And she doesn't want to realize it or admit it or any of the other things. She just wants to hate him. But he's breaking down her walls day by day by day, and her kids love him. And when he takes her son, who is kind of like in the autism spectrum, and very defiant oppositional defiance disorder and been very very problematic since their divorce she divorced her husband Slade takes this kid under his wing and starts teaching him music and starts changing this kid's life and the kid's demeanor changes and all that it's the winning the winning um thing that really starts to break her walls down that she realizes he's not like he was 
and he just is proving to her every day, I will do anything to show you I'm not that guy, and I will walk any mile I have to to make sure that you feel safe and that you know I'm not trying to do anything and then I'll take care of your kids. And it's really difficult for her to let go and trust him again. But that's where the story goes. And it's also the first book I've written from first person mm-hmm. perspective instead of third. So it's a whole new territory for me. But I'm excited about it. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I love that. I definitely, it's already much in my heart. I like that because you definitely are showing that the truth is in the eye of the beholder. Yes, yes. Um, and he's just, in this particular book, he's a changed man. And um, he's he's working very hard to prove to her that he is. And, of course, there's going to be, there is a couple of very serious things that happen, you know, in the story mm-hmm. that may ruin their love story. But you have to wait to see what happens. And one of the really exciting things that, about this book is that I got Ryan Lee Harmon on the cover of the book. And I had been um, toying with that idea for a while, but I wasn't really sure I wanted to reach out to do it. I'm like, eh, should I ask him? And then I said, ah, well, look what happened with Jay Taveray. Ryan has got 4.5 million followers across all his social media platforms. Ryan is a complete star on TikTok. I mean, he's got like 3.7 million followers on TikTok alone. Um, he's made so many videos. He's an athlete, uh, weightlifter, amazing looking guy. And when I came up with the character of Slade, I sort of had the vision that if Slade looked like somebody, it's Ryan Lee Harmon. <laughs> so I reached out to Ryan and I asked Ryan about getting him on my cover and who do I have to contact because there was a couple of images that were taken by some really really great pro photographers mm-hmm. um and we worked it out and i got ryan lee Harmon on the cover of the book and he looks utterly stunning on there he's amazing and for everybody out there i do encourage you to go look up ryan on tiktok his videos are utterly awesome there's fun ones there's beautiful ones he's always on there with his wife his wife is utterly gorgeous she's so She's just like him, and they're just a great couple, and some of the stuff that he does, there's the funny stuff, but he also does amazing stuff, like my favorite one is he's got two of the kids, probably nieces and nephews, holding a pair of pants, and he starts from, I don't know, 15 feet back, and he runs and jumps in the air and lands in the pants. And he jumps high enough to be over the height of these kids' heads. Mm. I mean, he just literally jumps from over the height of those kids' heads. And Ryan can do a sitting box jump. Like, he can be sitting on a stool near the ground, like at ground level, only 18 inches off the ground. And this guy can be sitting with his butt 18 inches off the ground and jump with the explosive power in those legs to do a four-foot box jump where he lands on a platform four feet up from being squatted down at the ground. That's how strong he is. It's unbelievable some of the stunts this guy does. He's incredible. So I urge everybody, if you haven't seen Ryan, which I know a lot of people have, he's got 3.7 million followers, but he is freaking amazing. Well, I love it that you uh, share, and I call it networking, and uh, 
I've, I've always appreciated that uh, with you. So you've given us lots of uh, food for thought and uh, and other contacts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And for you know, for those that are not aware, like we mentioned, Jay Taveray earlier. If you're not familiar with Jay, you should definitely go check out some of his movies. He's played some amazing roles. Um, his role in The Missing, oh my God, I cried my eyes out. Um, he, that, that movie, he was with uh, Tommy Lee Jones in that movie, and I believe it's Kate Blanchett is in that. He was also in Cold Mountain with Nicole Kidman. Uh, of course, the fun one, Street Fighter, he's Vega, he's Vega, you know, for all Aww. the gamers and the young teenagers that love, you know, that genre. Um, and then, of course, there's Into the West, and that was just stunning performance as well he's he's an athlete he's got all his social media platforms uh, author writer jay taveray you can look him up on facebook and um you can catch up with what he's doing these days well um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll say that you recommended him <laughs> yes definitely. Oh, absolutely he's he's fabulous and ryan is fabulous and you know all the models that i've had um, on Sundown, on Sundown is a model um, named Brandon Katz, and Brandon is—he's been on so many book covers in the last few years too. Awesome, awesome model. He's just great. Well, well I'm going to mention how um, how you and I connected about uh, your novels because I went in, I think, on Facebook one day and I said, "Oh my God, that cover is so—that's <laughs> really something." I said, "Cynthia, are these are these?" model's real and she came back she said I remember <laughs> she literally Cassie was like do you like make these people up or like you know <laughs> can you like photoshop something to like just make these people I'm like no they're really real people <laughs> and um on, on the cover of Smoke and Mirrors I have Gregoris Dracakis and he is a Greek model and interestingly enough um I'm actually on the cover of the book with him on that one. And it's got a beautiful cover, and I did that book cover with Gregoris when I was almost 50 years old. So that was another <laughs> huge deal. <laughs> oh, I like that. That sounds really good. Well, it took, it took all my courage because I was like, should I really be doing this, you know? Because, I mean, he, he's only like 30, 32, 30, something like that. And I'm like... Oh man, you know, should I go ahead and do this? I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. So I just did it, and I brought him over for Greece. He appeared on the cover with me. Um, he's gone to a couple of conventions with me, romance conventions, and he's been on hundreds of book covers as well. Um, well, I don't have anybody famous that I know. It's a stock model that. He's been on a lot of things, but I don't even know the guy's name. I've seen him a lot. It's on the cover of um, Blood from a Stone, which is another of my books. And Blood from a Stone um, actually was a quarterfinalist in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Awards a few years back. It was nominated for a Rone Award, and um, it was a top five bestseller on Amazon as well in Gothic Romance. And that one is a gargoyle story. That's a paranormal about a guy that's cursed back in the 1400s because he messes with uh, he is a womanizer and he takes up with the daughter whose um, mother is a priestess of the Tuatha Dedanan and she curses him 
and he has to spend 50 years at a time as a gargoyle. And then once every 50 years, he comes back to being a human for one month's time. And he's been spending 300 years trying to figure out how to break this curse, and it is not a Cinderella curse. Falling in love, getting that kiss isn't going to do it. None of that stuff is going to do it, and he's trying to figure out how to break the curse. And then he meets he meets the girl who uh, ends up being the girl that, you know, wins him over, wins his heart. And you have to read the story to find out what happens, but it's a very, very interesting paranormal. A gargoyle. Ooh, definitely invested, and I love gargoyles. I love the paranormal. Yeah, this yeah. one is gothic, so... <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Well, I know you got. He's another one. He's another one of my characters. That oh my god, he's just—he's it. <laughs> <laughs> and for oh. any of the readers out there that want to know what kind of books, what kind of romance do I write? Because you know, there's certain genres and certain types of books that are very popular. You know, like people will say, "Well, you know, do you write erotica? Yes. You know, do you write?" What do you write? Because for a while, you know, the whole Fifty Shades thing was the big, you know, and that's very erotica romance. It is all about the sex scenes and constant erotica. Mm -hmm. um, there's other books that, like, you know, they fit in with, you know, is it Western? Is it paranormal with, you know, nothing but sex, 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 sex? For, for readers that want to know what my books are like, my books are something that you could imagine being a movie, okay? Um, they are a very, very involved story between two characters, and yes, there is usually one or two extremely graphic and steamy sex scenes, but they are not gratuitous, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey style of stuff. It is more about something very, very um, moving between two people, and yes, it is steamy, and yes, it is ex extremely graphic, but it's something that makes those people know that they are bonded in a way that is more than just physical, it's spiritual, between the, the characters that bonds them. And um, every book that I write has, a, they're usually stories of redemption. These are characters that have weaknesses, or they are the fallen, you know, what happened to them, like the gargoyle story. Well, here's a guy, he's a womanizer, he's this, you know, real jerk, he's a real ass, you know? And he gets cursed and he deserved it. And then it's his job, his job is to find that redemption. What is gonna make him find that redemption? Um, Sundown, he's a vamp half vampire, he's a bounty hunter. He's become cold and calloused, you know? The person that he loved most in the world was his Anessi, his, his Indian Native American grandmother that raised him, and she was brutally murdered, and he became a cold-hearted killer. And, you know, there's this boy that he finds along the trail that he rescues from this band of criminals, and then the girl that at the whorehouse that he meets, and these people start to warm this person, this cold, cold heart. You know, and he finds his redemption through the actions of learning how to love someone else and to place other people before yourself. And pretty much that is the theme that runs through most of these books that I write. Um, there are stories of redemption and how love and how changing your perspective 
and placing others ahead of yourself somehow changes you and it opens your heart to what real love on more than just a physical or more than just an I love you you know kind of basis where it's a spiritual thing and not just more of this my faded mate stuff from these werewolf books and everything that you see not that I'm knocking or criticizing that because there's people that love those and you know there's you know there's people that love that but this is beyond that you're my faded mate kind of thing this is more about I met you and you know the actions and the things and the trials and tribulations that we're going through are changing me as a human being and making me see something I did not see before because that is the foundation of where real love comes from we all have it inside of us but you can't really love someone until you have the capacity to love like that where things in your environment and placing the needs of others and seeing the bigger picture causes you to have your heart and your soul open bigger you know um let's let's um what are your what's your website uh, do you have a phone number give us all your particulars your links. i don't have my phone number that i just give out um you know out over the air but my websites um are pretty good pretty easy um cynthia lucas romance.com is my uh author website and it does need some updating i haven't gone in there in a while admittedly and updated all my books and put the stuff for my new release so i got to get in there and fix that up um you can also find me on facebook um cynthia lucas romance um and you can look me up on there cynthia lucas if you search me uh, it will pop up on facebook i'm also on twitter and i am on instagram as well you can find me um, cynthia cynthia lucas n2s um that's north to south that's north north that's that's my north to south and i that is just my main on instagram um discussing your uh, your musical talents and we're gonna we're gonna go to the speed round right now so i'm gonna hand you over to willie (laughs) okay let's do it okay here we go so is this like a like a game show kind of yeah yeah (laughs) you're gonna answer the top i'm gonna ask you a few questions and you answer what's on the top of your head Okay, number one, two foods that you'd never eat. Cucumbers and okra. Oh, nice. Two, last book you read or book you want to read? Um, Carrie and Cole, Loving Storm. Okay, uh, three movies that you've seen over this time of the COVID or three movies that you're looking forward to going into the holidays? That I saw during COVID? Yes. Oh, oh boy, that's tough. Um, <laughs> hold on. I, I watch so many movies that it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. And I do Netflix series, so, okay, I got to think Okay, that could work, that too. That could work, too. What Netflix series have you enjoyed? Um, okay, so some of my favorite ones that I watched. Um, Evil which is a relatively new one, and it's still running. Okay. Um, we've been watching that. Um, Ozark. Oh, my God. That series is absolutely phenomenal. Nice. And The Witcher. Okay. Cool, cool. The Witcher, I've watched three times, just because I have to see Harry Cat- Harry Cat- Henry Cavill in the tub. I have to see that. I'm sorry. Okay. So I've got someone's, some, some suggestions for you. 
Yellow Jackets on Showtime. It's Julia Lewis and Christina Ritchie. It's really good. Okay. It's about these young girls that they get, they get, uh, there's a plane crash and they, you'll have to see how they did survive or did they not. So check it out. It's called Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. All right. Then there's Made on Netflix that has, um, and Andy McDowell with her real life daughter. Oh, wow. I definitely got to check that out. And then since you like to enjoy paranormal, check out Lock and Key on Netflix. Oh, I love that series. That's another one I should have mentioned. Season two has already started. We've watched Lock and Key twice through. That is freaking amazing. <laughs> watch, one of my favorites. Watch season two. It gets up there. The, I, I say they yeah, raise the bar. Yeah, I'm so disappointed that we. I'm like, okay, we got to go back and watch it all over again because now we're all the way through season two. Yes. And, oh my God, that's one of the best series on Netflix right now. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Fabulous. Okay, so um, what about three foods that you do like to eat? Um, let's see. Well, I love pizza. I have to admit, on cheat days, I love pizza. Okay. Um, grilled chicken, and um, I gotta, I gotta at least try to be healthy here, right? Um, anything, anything that's home cooked. I like home cooked foods. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's okay to indulge in, you know, it's a holiday, so you get a pass. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, the last one would be, what is your favorite childhood memory? Oh, my God. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> I have too many of them. Jeez. Okay, okay. Oh. How about, okay, how so about how, this? Like, what, how childhood or teenage or what? Let's, teenage, let's do teenage. Okay, my favorite teenage memory is the first time I ever sang in public at a show. Um, I joined a, I, I joined this group that every year they used to put on like a variety show. Um, and it was the first time I ever got my courage up to sing in front of my peers, to sing in front of people. And I got up and I sang in front of this whole gymnasium full of everybody. And I was petrified because I was always this kid that got beat up and picked on and everything. And it was amazing because I sang and my whole world changed after that. And um, Do you remember it was just an amazing feeling, huh? Do you remember the song that Yes. I sang Higher and Higher, the version of Higher and Higher that was done by Rita Coolidge. Oh, nice. <laughs> and when I was... When I first was a teenager, oh my God, I'll never forget when I saw Rita Coolidge with that beautiful long black hair she had. Mm -hmm. She looked Native American. I was like, oh my God, I want to look like her. She was so gorgeous and she was amazing. I wanted to look just like her and share. Can you uh, belt a little harmony for us? <laughs> Your love is lifting me higher. Than I've ever been lifted before. <laughs> That's actually the song that I sang. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love singing to, oh my God, karaoke. I just love it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was, the, I remember that. Uh, I remember that. And I was really petrified when I got up and did it. 
But I was glad I did Aww. after because it just kind of led me down the path. And now, um, you know, yeah, and you know, we've got music videos out. We got music videos out all over YouTube, and we've oh. had quite the ride. Wow. I'm losing you a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's, you're getting back. I don't know. I'm getting an echo. But I do want yeah, to thank you're... you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, thank you so much for sharing everything about your book and what's coming up. We definitely want you back in February. Oh, that would be absolutely wonderful. Yes. And, and before I go, uh -huh. there's just one more plug that I'd really like to oh, make sure, for sure. another person who has been a huge influence on me. Okay. Um, I have designed book covers for quite a long time now, and somehow it fell into my lap that I got to be able to design, design book covers for Amanda Ashley. And Amanda is like a multiple, multiple New York Times bestseller. And she was actually, she and Tanya Ann Crosby were two of the very first authors that I ever read. read. And I remember when Amanda's first book, Embrace the Night, came out back in the 1990s. It had, you know, it was a vampire novel, had the guy in the black cape carrying the girl and everything. I remember the cover and everything. So it was just so amazing um, when I started designing book covers and I put a, you know, an advertisement out, you know, for some covers that I had for sale and then Amanda reached out and was looking for a cover designer and I started designing covers for her and she has just been such a huge influence on me as a writer and I always encourage people just because of my association with her being her designer and being that she was one of the first authors that I read um, and then it was just so ironic that I ended up designing the reissue covers for her books that I always recommend to everybody, you know, if you get a chance, go check out Amanda's work because she's just like got so many books, like dozens and dozens and dozens through the decades and the last couple decades. And they're amazing. So I just wanted everybody to know about Amanda while I had a moment. Oh, yes, because, yes. You know, it's the networking thing and, mm. you know, helping to plug other authors and other people's work as oh, well. well that's and you can find her at AmandaAshley.com. She also writes Westerns under the the uh, pen name of Madeline Baker. And she's, she's fabulous. She's just been such a big influence. And it's just my honor to be her book cover designer. And she's a fabulous writer. Fabulous writer. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you, sweetie. Yep. We do appreciate you being here, and um, definitely we want you back for February. And I'd be honored to collaborate with you in 2022 or the year after, whichever time that oh, you have allowed. We will have to. We will have to do that. And you need to send me all your links for your books. Oh, because yeah. I will go check them out. I absolutely try to, you know, read and and check out all the other people that you know send me their links and that I get to collaborate with or that I you know, have had associations with. I love to read other people's work as well. So, That's absolutely. so fantastic. Well, thanks again for being here, and we want you to have a blessed week. Absolutely, you too. You have a wonderful holiday, and um, we will talk again soon. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to be on your podcast. I appreciate it so much. And um, to everybody out there listening, happy holidays. 
Much love. Please check out all my links, and I appreciate you all so much. All right. And thank you for putting up with listening to me. Oh, no, we love listening. I I can listen to you more if we had more time. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm a talker, so. Oh, we love you, sweetie. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.